0: Well, what's up, Face your family? Happy Easter and welcome to our first ever exclusively online Easter service. Come on, get rowdy in your living room. We are making history, people. And listen, some of you, you your whole life history, you've wanted to go to church on Easter in your Easter pastel pajamas. And this Easter, you're doing that in your living room. And so we're so glad that you're hanging out with us. I'm so pumped that you're Eastering with us. And um, no matter if that's in your living room, uh, thanks for letting us in your living room. Thanks for letting us on your phones. Um, Thanks for letting us uh, wherever you're watching, whatever you're listening to in your car. Uh, We've gotten a, a disturbing amount of comments in the comment feed for the live broadcast where people are saying, Hey, just watching in my car. Well, just just commenting that I'm watching the live feed while I'm driving, and I'm leaving a comment that I'm watching while I'm driving. This is why we don't have Bayshore bumper stickers, people, right there. Uh, But we're so excited that you're Eastern with us. If um, we haven't met before, my name is Joel, and um, I'm excited to be here for two reasons. Number one, I haven't preached in four weeks. And so it has been a month since I have preached, and Pastor Danny is my dad, by the way. He has been absolutely killing it for the last four weeks, and he hasn't had an Easter Sunday not preaching in like 40 years. And so if you appreciate him, put a thumbs-up emoji in the comments, a fire emoji in the comments, maybe tag Starbucks to this, see if they'll sponsor him or something. like. I don't know. Make sure you show him that you love and appreciate him. But I'm excited to preach because I haven't preached in four weeks, so just just buckle up. The second reason I'm excited to preach um, is because, uh, li- listen, I have wanted to preach on Easter at the big show in Gumbro forever, and so I'm excited to be here and hang out with you guys. And, um, and to start, I thought we'd dive into what everybody is thinking about, what everybody is like just on everybody's minds. I thought we'd start out by talking about. Easter candy right here and so I have my computer up here so I can see on Facebook live what you guys are commenting and so um, I need everybody to get on YouTube to get on Facebook and I need you to comment and answer this question right here what's your favorite Easter candy What's your favorite Easter candy? Everybody, you, you got to do this for me, okay? Everybody's got to get their phones. Listen, the pastor is asking you to get on your phones in church on Easter. Some of you have waited your, literally your entire life for this moment. And so get on your phones. Tell me what your favorite Easter candy is. And in the meantime, I'm going to uh, look at some of these uh, staples that we have here. Maybe your favorite Easter candy uh, is Peeps. And I love Peeps. Over 600 million Peeps will be consumed in the U.S. today. This is what Dennis called job security right here. Okay, so I love some peeps. Uh, Maybe your favorite Easter candy is a Cadbury Easter egg, caramel egg. Let me just tell you, this is disgusting. If you're into this, I am straight up calling you out right now. This is a disgrace to Easter candy everywhere. The best egg, if you're gonna do an egg, all right, or the second best is a robin egg. This is where it's at. So I love robin eggs. Uh, Maybe your favorite candy... Is a jelly belly jelly bean? Come on, somebody! Not not a not a starburst jelly bean, not a a, a, a dollar general jelly bean. I'm talking jelly belly jelly beans. This bag costs me seventy two dollars, people. It's like not on the Dave Ramsey plan. Um, but what you should put in here as your favorite Easter candy is a Reese's egg. Come on, somebody. If this is not your favorite, just leave a comment in the comment section. We have a whole team of people on standby ready to pray for you right now, okay? Because you need some prayer, all right? I love a Reese's egg. And so let me, let me kind of see what some of the comments are, what some people said their favorite Easter candy is. Now I'm doing this live. And so if this doesn't work, just give me grace. It is Easter, okay? Um, so I'm seeing a lot of thumbs up and some smile faces. That's for my dad. Um, I see some people like Robin Eggs. Some Robin Eggs people. I love that. Oh, people are all over. Star- You're bringing up Starbucks, okay? Now, like, Starbucks is for my dad, but Starbucks in an Easter basket—that's a good one, right there. But this question, this question—if we can put up back that question—what's your favorite Easter candy? Um, this is a great question to ask on Easter. It makes a smile. It makes us laugh. Parents, it gives us an idea of what candy we're going to take out of our kids' Easter basket tonight when they are sleeping. Hello. It's a parent perk right there. But I love this question, what's your favorite Easter candy? But I think there's an even better question to ask on Easter. And this next question is the question that I, really, I just really want to spend time talking about today. And so for this next question, I don't want you to comment and give us your answer, okay? So just kind of keep your answer in your, your Cadbury egg, all right? Just keep the, the thought of how you would answer this in your mind. But here's the question I want to ask you, wherever you are, whether you're in your living room, whether you're in your man cave, whether you're in your cheese shed, I'm not here to judge. Okay, wherever you are, think about how you would answer this question. What do you think God thinks about when he thinks about you? What do you think God thinks about when he thinks about you? I love this question. And there's so much that we could talk about today. I mean, it's Easter. You know, we could talk about the empty tomb. We could talk about the the conversation that Jesus Jesus had on the walk to Emmaus. Uh, We could talk about Barabbas in the Easter story. And he's like somebody that nobody talks about. One of my favorite characters in the Easter story because he represents all of us. We could talk about all this stuff. But this Easter, I think the best question we can ask is, what do you think God thinks about when he thinks about you? And what's interesting is when we're we're all real and when we're all, all honest and when we're not like rocking our Easter pastel pajamas, almost everybody has the same answer to this question. And so for the next few minutes, as we talk about this question, could you just kind of like put aside anything that could distract you? You know, maybe, maybe put your phone down, um, you know, put, put your kids' peeps down. They would appreciate that. Maybe put the family cat in the closet, like do whatever you got to do. Because I think the answer to this question will change your life. And to start answering this question, I, I uh, want to tell you all a story. So in June, my family... It's supposed to go to Disney. Now, when I say my family, I mean like I mean my crew, my people, my, my two little peeps, my kids, my, my in-laws, uh, my wife, my honey bunches, Miss Minnie Mouse in our house, my wife Stacy. We're all supposed to go to Disney in June. Now, I don't know if Disney's gonna be open in June. Okay, and if they are, maybe they'll replace those like, you know, Mr. Shower things in the park with like full-body sanitizer misters. But listen, I am down. After being quarantined, I will full-on stand in a full-body sanitizer mister because we are coming to see you, Mickey, hopefully in June. And I haven't been to Disney World since I was seven years old. It was 1989. And in 1989, I had a bowl cut from Don's Barbershop. I had a a Walkman with Carmen on tape cassette. Kids, ask your parents what all of that means right there. Um, And like that way, it was 30 years ago when we drove down to Disney World, okay? And so 30 years ago, our family, we drove all the way down there in our big old station wagon. It was like 72 feet long. It had this faux wood grain pattern on the outside just to make it look fancy, and it had this third row seat in the back that you got to look at the car behind you the whole time you're gone somewhere, which me and my brother on the whole way to Disney, we did things to the car behind us that we are still asking God forgiveness for today. <laughs> Anybody who's ridden in the third seat, like you, you know, if you look back, you know, you've done the same thing, you need to confess it online. Like, you know what that's all about. And so that was 30 years ago. That's how I got down to Disney. Now, this is how this year's Disney trip kind of came about. It was Christmas time, and we were at my in-laws, and uh, my in-laws said, hey, guys, for Christmas this year, we're taking the whole family to Disney World, and I was like, what? And then they said like five magical words, and they said, and we're paying for it, And and I'm like Pastor Tite, so I like had a a Pentecostal moment in the living room, okay? And then the icing on the cake was they said, and we have upgraded and we are flying first class. Now, I have never flown first class. I I don't even know what happens in first class, okay? I grew up in Gumbro, eating scrapple, playing King of the Hill on manure piles, okay? That is 100% true. I don't know anything about flying first class, but in my mind, in first class, you get a massage. The flight attendant, you know, they serve you warm Cinnabon and pajamas. Come on now, I am preaching. There's probably a symphony or something. I I don't know, all right? But when they said, surprise, you are flying first class, I'm like, are you kidding me? Because in first class, the only thing I know about first class is those are the people that I like silently judge as I enter the plane. You know, I'm like thinking like, you're sitting up here and I'm about to go sit in my 14-inch seat, which is 14 inches away from the laboratory every single time. And so like, that's what I thought. And so when they said, surprise, we upgraded, you're flying first class, my first thought was like, I don't deserve that. I'm not not worthy of that. I deserve to sit in the third row seat of the family station wagon all the way to Disney. Like that's what I deserve. And so here's my point. Here's my point. When it comes to this question, what do you think God thinks about when he thinks about you? When we're honest and when we're real and when we're not like rocking our Easter pastels, a lot of us think, well, what do I think that God thinks about when he thinks about me? I think I think, I, I think he's disappointed with me. I think he's frustrated with me. I think he's fed up with me. But Easter reminds us that we have been invited to fly first class and to be served love and grace and forgiveness and hope. And, and when we hear that, most of us think, well, I don't deserve that. I deserve the third row of the family station wagon on the way to Disney, okay? Like, I am not worthy of that. A lot of us think that if God were to send us a text message and there was an emoji in it, we think this is the emoji that God would send us right here. The face palm emoji. We think God would be like, seriously, Joel? what, what What are you doing with your life? Like, face palm, right? Do you know how many people I have talked to that have said to me, like, hey, Joel, I don't have a hard time believing that maybe God loves you, but I don't really think he likes me all that much. I hear that all of the time. And what happens when we think, yeah, God, he's, he's disappointed with me, he's frustrated with me, he's fed up with me, is we miss out on the free gift of grace. We miss out on the meaning of Easter. And so this Easter, even though we could talk about so many different things, I want to talk about the answer to this question, what do you think God thinks about when he thinks about you? I want you to have the right answer to this question, what do you think God thinks about when he thinks about you? And here's the good news. I'm not going to answer the question. Jesus is going to do it for us. And so one day, um, Jesus was talking to a religious leader. His name was uh, Nicodemus. And Nicodemus had grown up around God for his entire life. But even though Nicodemus had grown up around God and had been around God his entire life, he missed out on one of the most important things about God, which just goes to remind us that we can grow up in church. We can go to, go, to, go to church every Christmas, every Easter, or you can be like me. Okay, I grew up with a drug problem. I was drugged to church on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like, Regardless of how many times you grew up and you were around church, sometimes we can still miss out on one of the most important things about God. And so Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and he's going to tell Nicodemus who God is, and he starts with this first word, for. For. What does God think about when he thinks about me? Well, the answer starts with this word, for. For is the first word in the greatest sentence that Jesus ever spoke. And so I need everybody, since it's such a great word, I need everybody, wherever you are, to just say for, okay? Just say for e- Even if you're in line at the Starbucks talking to your barista right now, just say four and then complete your order. Somebody just said four ventes. Just cost you $30 right there. But just say four, living room, wherever you are, four, okay? Do you know what this word for means? The word for means to be in favor of. Now, I am for some things. I'm in favor of some things. I am for grotto pizza. Come on, somebody. I am for all expense-paid trips to Disney. Yes. Thank you, mother-in-law and uh, Ted. All right. And so I am for some things. I I am for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I am for the Baltimore Ravens because Jesus would have been for the Baltimore Ravens. I can't prove it theologically, but it's 100% true. I said it, okay? I am for my smoking hot wife, okay? My wife, she is the, the peanut butter in my egg. She is the marshmallow in my peeps. She's the syrup on my scrapple. I am for her. I am for some things. And so are you. And when Jesus is telling Nicodemus who God is, he starts with the word for. In other words, like right out of the gate, Jesus is like, "I I want you to know who God is in favor of. I want you to know who God is for. And so then Jesus goes on and he says this. He says, For God, don't miss this word, so loved the world. Paul's. Could Jesus have just said, for God loved the world? Yes. And that would have been amazing, okay? But it's so much better because Jesus says, for God so loved the world. Okay, this, this two letter word is powerful. All right, this two-letter word in this the greatest sentence of all time is powerful. Do you know what the word so means? It means most certainly. In other words, Jesus could have said this. He could have said, for God most certainly, no doubt about it, loved the world. And so what does God think about when he thinks about me? Well, Joel, I think he's, I think he's disappointed with me. I think, I think he's frustrated with me. I, I think he's fed up with me. Okay, no, 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 no. According to, to Jesus, for God, most certainly, no doubt about it, loved the world. Now, that word "world" trips us up sometimes. I have a I have a friend named Johnny Bizignaro, um, which, by the way, Johnny's like one of the only people in our studio audience today. There's like you know ten people. It looks like the rapture happened up in here, <laughs> but you all are there, okay? So, but we got Johnny Bizignaro in here. Now, here's the thing, Johnny Bizignaro, that is a tough name. I think everybody needs a friend with a tough name. You need a friend with a tough name so you can have it in your back pocket so that if you're like in BJ's and somebody takes that last pack of 147 rolls of toilet paper to last you to 20, 30, okay? And they, they take it, you can just be like, hey, go ahead, you, you can take that final 147 pack of TP. But I just need you to know I'm friends with Johnny Bizzanero. That's all you gotta say. I guarantee you, they are giving you back the TP. What a powerful name it is, Johnny Bisignaro. Okay. And so Johnny, I love Johnny. And a a while back, I was talking to Johnny in our church lobby and um, Johnny said to me, he said, hey, before this church, he said, number one, I used to be agnostic. And then he said, "Um, I I started to believe that there was a God out there somewhere. and, And, you know, he might love some people, but he didn't really love me. And then he said, when I came to this church, I finally realized, hey, God loves me. Now, when, when Johnny said that to me, that confused me because I'm, I'm a preacher's kid. All right. The, the phrase God loves you, that got a lot of airtime in my house. OK, we threw that around just like pass the ketchup. It was like, you know, hey, pass the ketchup, Joel. By the way, God loves you. I'm like, here you go, mom. Here's a ketchup. Thanks for telling me God loves me. Like, I just knew that growing up. But I'm talking to Johnny in our lobby. and He's like, hey, because of this church, I know that God loves me. And how powerful that is, is what happened in Johnny's life after he figured out that God loves him. Now Johnny is an agnostic. He's a Jesus follower. He went from an agnostic um, and an addict to now he is totally in recovery. Um, He's actually going to be one of our leaders in uh, Celebrate Recovery, which we're launching at our church um, in Rehoboth when we open back up. And Johnny, I had the opportunity of sharing a moment with him last year. um, And this is Johnny taking his step of baptism right here. Guys, this happened. And everything I just mentioned about Johnny, because now Johnny knows God loves who? Me. And when we realize, hey, God loves me, that is life altering. That is life shaking. And you might say, well, Joel, come on. There's 7 billion people in this world. God doesn't love me. He doesn't even know my address. And and listen, I get that. But here's what I believe, and we'll put this on the screen. If you think you're too small for God, your God is too small. If you think you're too small for God, your God is too small. Okay, I'm telling you, God is so big that he made sure you will be watching online church this Easter, which how weird is that? So you could see that God, what he thinks about when he thinks about you. Okay, he knows you. He loves you and he is for you. And so what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus is this. We'll put it on the screen. For God so loved, insert your name here. For God so loved, insert your name here. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how sinful you acted in the back of the family station wagon on the way to Disney, God loves you so much, he made sure that you would see this right here. I'm telling you, for God so loved you. And, and you might say, okay, Joel, prove it, because <laughs> you don't know what I've done. Okay, like God, he's, he, I, I, don't, I don't deserve all of that. Okay, and no, number one, uh, if you're thinking like, hey, I got some baggage and I don't, I don't deserve all that, number one, welcome to the club. That's all of us, okay? But God, or Jesus is gonna, Be proof that God loves us. And so, why is Easter the greatest event of all time? Because God proved how much He loved us on Easter. And so, watch this. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. How do I know that God loves you? Why is Easter the greatest event of all time? Because God gave His prized possession. For you. Okay. He didn't give you like off-brand Easter candy. He didn't give you like, instead of like peeps, you're getting yourself some Cheeps? No, no, God did not cheap out on you. He gave you his only son, his prized possession. I don't know why I'm holding the peeps anymore, but he gave you that because Easter reminds us that God went up on the cross. So Jesus went up on the cross and he's God's prized possession. And he did that for our sin. Now I'm gonna do my best. To illustrate this, um, so a few years ago, it was like 8.30 at night. Me and my wife, Stacey, were relaxing on our couch. Now, when you have kids, small kids, 8.30 at night, that's the golden hour, right? That's That's that one hour of the day, parents, when little fingers aren't coming under the bathroom door. That's that one hour of the day where my daughter, Nora, isn't saying, hey, Daddy, you know that $27 bowl of guacamole that I made or that Mommy made for you? Yeah, I ate it. It's that one hour of the day that my boy Nixon isn't saying, hey, daddy, what are chickens made out of? Which he really asked me the other day, okay? Side story. But it's the golden hour. It's 8.30 at night. Every parent knows about the golden hour. Me and Stacy are relaxing on the couch. And that's when, out of nowhere, I heard this honk, honk. And it was like from the front yard. It like startled me. So I like jumped out off the couch. I looked in, uh, looked through the window And what that noise was, was it was a giant RV. I'm talking full-size RV that pulled up in front of my house. Twelve people just poured out of the RV. The last person who poured out of the RV uh, was a guy named Darrell who was dressed up like Cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation in full costume, the robe, the flappy ear thing. He started reenacting a scene from the movie In My Front Yard. This is all true. This happened, and so I see this happening in my front yard, and you might be wondering like, okay, who, who were these people? Well, uh, the RV that pulled up in front of my house that was full of people dressed up like uh, Cousin Eddie, it was actually one of our basial groups coming to visit us. Welcome to our church, you guys. And so, and they had this giant package in wrapping paper, and they, they were all filming me, and they're like, Joel, you, you, got, you, got to, you got to open this. And so I want to show you, uh, Cotter's got what they, they brought me in this giant package. Thank you, Cotter. This is a Mason Dyer handmade surfboard from Southern California. Mason is a local guy who was shaping boards for his brand, Dyer brand, in Southern California. He handmade this for me, put it on a plane, flew with it back here and hand delivered it to one of our base groups for me. Guys, a Dyer brand board was a like dream of mine to own one of these. And so we actually have footage of me in the front yard when I open up this gift. You guys want to see it? Okay, here's the footage of me right here. That's me. <laughs> I couldn't believe that they gave me this board. Okay, this was my dream board to own a Dyer brand surfboard, you guys. And, and here's the thing. I know as a pastor, you're not supposed to have like a favorite Bayshore group. That's like, you know, that's like pastoring one-on-one. But let me be clear. I 100% have a favorite Bayshore group and they is it, all right? They got me my dream surfboard. Now, it's Easter. And uh, at Bayshore, we like to do some, some crazy things. And so what if I were to say, the first person to leave a comment on Facebook or on YouTube, like, we're, we're going to give this away. What, what if I were to say that? Okay, I'm going I'm to go look right now. I'm going to put my surfboard down. And I'm going to go look and see the first comment that I see. All right, the first comment that I see is Kevin, hold on, Kevin Dennis. Kevin Dennis, that is awesome. Now, let me be clear. I am not giving this surfboard away. That's where this whole illustration breaks down, okay? I I am not a good enough Christian to do that. (laughs) But when it comes to this question, what do you think God thinks about when he thinks about me? Okay, what do you think God thinks about when he thinks about you? I can tell you. I can tell you this. He loves you so much that he did give his prized possession to give to you. He did give his only son for you. And, And don't miss that. And and you might say again, listen, Joe, I don't deserve that. You don't know how much baggage I have in my life. Number one, welcome to the club. Number two, Jesus specializes in carrying our baggage, you guys. And if you're here and you're like, wow, I, I don't really, I don't have any baggage. Well, we're glad you're with us, Jesus. But for the rest of us, we have some baggage. And Easter reminds us that Jesus carried our baggage up onto the cross. So what does God think about when he thinks about you? Here it is. Here is the greatest sentence ever spoken by Jesus. The whole sentence John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his prized possession his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Guys, that's what God thinks about when he thinks about you. This is Easter. Right here, okay. And so, do you know what? Do you know what that verse means? It means that God loves you so much that He gave up His Son so He could spend forever with you. Now, question: Who do you want to spend forever with? I, I don't know who you want to spend forever with, but that list for me is short. My, my wife, Stacy, baby, you're on that list, okay? Because of that, he is not on that list, but. That list is short. And by the way, if you're sitting next to your person, your boo, your honey bunches, and you want some like quarantine Easter brownie points, you just need to lean over right now and say, "Baby, I want to spend forever with you." You should do it. Okay, get those brownie points. But God loves you so much, He wants to spend forever with you. Not 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 like a minute, not an hour, not a week, not a month. He wants to spend forever with you. And because of Jesus' death and resurrection. Because of Easter, if you believe in him, you get to spend forever with a God who wants to spend forever with you. Well, let me just say that again. You get to spend forever with a God that wants to spend forever with you. That's what God thinks about. And that just shows you what God thinks about when he thinks about you. This is the greatest news the world has ever known. This this is why I do what I do. This is why I can have hope when there's not a whole lot of hope being dealt around us right now. I don't know if you've watched the news lately, but here's the thing. When we see this, when we see how God sees us, it changes how we see him. Let me say that again. When we see how God sees us, It changes how we see Him. And then that changes how we live. Jesus came as God's prized possession to prove what He thinks about when He thinks about you. Jesus came to show you how much God loves you. And let me just tell you, the unconditional love of God will flat mess you up and it will flat change your life. What's what's the message of Easter? The message of Easter is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now here's the thing. The longer you've been a Christian, the easier it is to tune this out. The easier it is to say, hey, Joel, I've heard that 316 times. Tell me something new. I want to learn something new this Easter. Okay, no, 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 no. This Easter, I hope you can rehear this for the very first time again. And if you've been kind of like tuning out, maybe you're in the, in the kitchen dying eggs with the kids. Maybe you're like Facebook stalking Johnny Bissignero right now to find a friend like him. I don't know. But just come back to me because this, this, this is huge. This is the point. And we'll put this on the screen. What do you think God thinks about when he thinks about you? For God so loved, insert your name here. That's what God thinks about when he thinks about you. You've been given a gift to fly first class, and to be um, served love and forgiveness and grace, and it is completely free. And if you choose to open the gift of Jesus and the gift of grace, I'm telling you, it'll change how you see Easter, it'll change how you see God, because you'll see how he sees you, and it'll change how you live. And so there we were um, at Stacy's mom's house uh, opening gifts at Christmas, and they said, surprise. We're all going to Disney World and we're all flipping out. And they said, surprise, we upgraded and we're flying first class. Now, my view of first class has always been my experience with first class. Okay? When I fly or with with flying coach, my view of flying has always been connected to um, how, how I've fly flown in coach. And so when I fly, I don't know about you, but every single time, I will be in the middle seat. No, no, no questions asked. I'll be in the middle seat. There will be a screaming baby within three feet of me the person sitting next to the window on the inside will have the world's smallest bladder and i will be within smelling distance of the toilet every single time and so that has shaped how i view flying but when stacy's mom said surprise we've upgraded and we're flying first class all of a sudden i was like this changes everything like, I can't wait. There's going to be a massage. There's going to be like pajamas and Cinnabon and a symphony. Probably like, I don't know. Like I, it just changed everything. It was such good news. And here's the thing. This Easter, I got good news for you. Are you ready? Here's the good news. Surprise, you've been upgraded. You've been upgraded from condemnation to salvation. You've been upgraded from death to life, from judgment to grace, from sinner to forgiven, from no hope to eternal hope. Surprise, you've been upgraded to a God who is so for you that he gave up his prized possession so he could spend forever with you. That's what Easter is about. And that's what God thinks about when he thinks about you. Easter reminds us that God is for you. And I wanna share with you some stories of some people that come to our church that know that God is for them. Check this out. My name is Johnny Bizignero. In my past, I struggled with addiction and deciding whether or not to believe in God. The low point of my life was when my addiction had brought me to homelessness and it was either death or get help. When I hit rock bottom, I thought God was not there for me. After I got clean and sober, I was still struggling for three years whether or not to believe in God. Bayshore showed me that choosing God was the best thing I had ever done. They sure had brought me from rags to riches, not in the sense of money, but in the amount of faith that I have today. That's my story. My name is Johnny, and God is for me, just like He is for you.
1: My name is Jessica Ballard. In my past, I struggled with anxiety and self-identity. I distanced myself from people that really cared about me, and I was scared to do anything on my own. Growing up, I was in and out of church, and I didn't have a relationship with God. I only prayed when I needed something, and I always started with God, if you are there. When I hit rock bottom, I thought God was just an imaginary person that people confided in because I never felt his response. But now I know God's always been for me, and I'm so proud to say that I found my identity through Christ. And in 2018, I felt God for the first time. I made it through my anxious times and was baptized that year. After my baptism, I decided to get more involved. I joined Next Steps and started going to a small group of people that I now consider family. I attend both Millsboro and Rehoboth youth groups and I can truly say that I have come such a long way in my faith. That's my story. My name is Jessica and God is for me, just like he's for you.
2: My name is Kristen Cordray. In my past, I struggled with self-worth and believing that I was incapable of truly being loved. When I was 19 years old, I found out that I was pregnant. I was scared and to my family, church and friends, I felt like I was a disappointment. I was mentally and physically abused by my son's biological father for a year and a half. When I hit rock bottom, I thought God was ashamed of me. I thought that because I sinned and I failed, that he was punishing me. But now, I know God's always been for me. And I'm so proud to say that in 2014, God introduced me to the man who is now my husband of four years this June. He adopted my son in 2015, and in 2017, together as husband and wife, we got baptized at Bayshore. Bayshore gave me the relationship with God that I always craved for and has shown me that I am loved, I am enough, and I am forgiven. That's my story. My name is Kristen Forgery, and God is for me just like He's for you.
3: My name is Alexis Musser. In the past, I've struggled with anxiety, depression, PTSD, and my identity. After getting out of my emotionally abusive and adulterous marriage, I didn't know who I was anymore. I didn't recognize the girl in the mirror. I was shattered and lost. When I hit rock bottom, I thought God had forgotten about me. Since I had followed him my whole life, I didn't think I should have to go through this. I became angry and bitter. And now I know God's always been for me. He restored me and made me whole again. Anxiety, depression, and PTSD, no longer control my life. My identity is in Him. I am the daughter of the King. That's my story. My name is Alexis. God is for me just like He's for you.
0: My name is Mike Cordry. In my past, I struggled with believing in God because of abuse I endured during my childhood. The low point in my life was in high school when I started to use drugs to cope with what I was going through. I didn't see God as someone I could turn to for help, and I was completely lost. When I hit rock bottom, I thought God was turning His back on me because I felt like I was alone with no one to help me. But now I know God has always been for me, and I'm so proud to say that God is in my life working every day. He allows me to be a great father to my children and give them a life I wish I had growing up. I know anything is possible with God by my side. This is my story. My name is Mike Cordry, and God is for me, just like He is for you.
4: My name is Brenda Bratton. In my past, I struggled with believing God was real and that He loved me because if He loved me, I wouldn't have dealt with the things I had to growing up. I also struggle with depression and anxiety. This past summer, I was laid off from my job. I thought, there is no way I can get through this. I was only four months from my wedding day, the happiest day of my life, and all I could think about was how much better it would be if I just wasn't alive. When I hit rock bottom, I thought God didn't care about me because He wouldn't let me keep feeling so unworthy and to be contemplating suicide. But now I know that God's always been for me. I'm so proud to say that God has a plan for me, and I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. I put 100% of my faith in Him. My self-worth has changed tremendously. I haven't had any thoughts about suicide. And even though I still suffer from depression and anxiety, I know God is always beside me, and I can get through anything with Him. That's my story. My name is Brenda Bratton, and God is for me, just like He's for you.
0: For God so loved me,
4: that He gave His one and
1: only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God
4: did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world,
0: but to save the world through Him. Wow. When, when they sent me that video on Thursday and I saw it for the first time, just like many of you are seeing it for the first time right now, I, I just, it just absolutely rocked me. And I was crying and I was cheering and I was like, I was all over the place. But I love these stories because these stories are the Easter story. These stories go into what Jesus said when he was talking to Nicodemus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And I'm so proud of you guys because you guys have stories just like every one of us have stories. But you guys know that God is for you. And my hope this Easter is that you just know that God is for you. Romans 8.31 says that if God is for us, who can be against us? And that might sound like a question, like, is God for me? But if you read it, it's not a, a question at all. It's a statement. Like, if God is for me, who can be against me? And Easter proves that God is for you. And so that is the greatest news the world can ever hear. And so this Easter, I just want you to know, Easter 2020, God is for you. And I've asked two questions today. And my third and final question is this. If Easter reminds us that God is for us, are you for him? Are you for him? Let me pray with you guys. And so as you're bowing your heads in your living room or wherever you're watching this, don't bow your heads if you're in your car, but just like, just tune into this for a second, if you've never accepted Jesus and and you think maybe it's a drawn out, complicated process or maybe, maybe you've never heard that like God isn't frustrated with you, he's not fed up with you, he's not disappointed at you, maybe this is the first time you've ever heard that God is for you. And if you wanna say, hey, I am for him, the process of becoming a Jesus follower is so simple. All you have to do is repeat these words after me. So wherever you are, bowing your heads, wherever you are praying, just repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, Thank you for going on that cross as God's prized possession to prove that you are for me. Today, I am saying, Jesus, I am for you. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you took my sin on that cross. And I believe that I am forgiven. And so now I'm going to live my life as someone who is for you. Amen. Amen. Guys, that, some of you just said that in your living room. Some of you said that wherever you're watching. And I just want to congratulate you and say, this is going to be the best Easter ever. And we're so pumped for you. I'm so pumped for you guys because life changes when we know that God is for us. And so let me just tell you, as a, a set off for Easter, God is for you. If God is for us, who can be for against us.